everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Sa 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 Scene Partners. <laughs> I love that you think we're like an <laughs> '80s action show. <laughs> like MacGyver <laughs> or Knight Rider. I just had a vision of us in a car that was like a muted silver color, like you know the color of metal, and um, <laughs> and it has like one windshield wiper blade, and we're like going, and the windshield wiper blade is on, but it's not raining, and we're like, scene partners, they're gonna solve the crime. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? You know, you saying that remind like it, it, it infatuated me the other day to think about um how we can What I just said infatuated you the other day? No, 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 no. The other day I was I was thinking <laughs> thinking about this and, and infatuated. I meant to say fascinated. Thanks for calling me out. I mean, I'm fine with it. You do this to me constantly. I am fat infatuated. Dang it, I can't do it. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, I was fascinated by this thought the other day about how we can be on stage and we can act and like the things that I'm envisioning in my mind, in my mind palace that I've created for the show yeah. is not the same pretend that you're playing. Kind of like right now, you did something and I could not follow it. Right. So it's kind of like both of us are pretending, but you're having your own reality of what's happening and I'm having my own reality. And the audience is also experiencing their own reality, which is both of our realities, but not. Which is actually the director's reality, right? Or maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're actors. We're going to derail this whole thing. It depends. It is a lot of people experiencing a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of hope that everybody's on the same page. It also, you know, describes why it's so hard <laughs> yes. to get everybody on the same page and why sometimes it doesn't feel natural. Yeah. Even though it's the right choice. But yeah, that is kind of strange. You're also like jumping into a crazy like mind. Yeah, sorry. It, it, I spent melding. like a whole day of thinking of this like, but what if what if I'm thinking of this it's just and like they don't talking think about of it time like this? travel? Yeah. It's just you, it's you an just endless can loop. Go into this endless loop of insanity. It's like I want to go to my dentist's you dentist. You were having <laughs> <laughs> You just go in there and be like, "Excuse me, sir. I I am having an issue, but first, who do you go to for your your dental work?" It's like I always ask the people who cut my hair, "Who who cuts your hair?" Yeah. Like, who cuts your hair? Not because I want my hair to look like that. I'm just curious, like, who do you trust enough? Is it you? (laughs) And then you never go back to that barber ever. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's kind of like, well, then you just do that forever and ever and ever. Because everybody cuts somebody. Like, you know, you just it's an endless cycle. Until you develop the skill yourself. But it's kind of like, you know, maybe if you want the director's vision to be your vision as an actor. You should just start your own theater company and direct yourself in every show. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I do want to check in with you real quick. Last couple of weeks, man, you've been a little... Uh, I've been a little weird. Yeah. Been a little weird. I'm, I think I'm getting better. I'm, I'm getting okay. Okay. I think I'm, I'm getting all right. Good. It wasn't like the most insane week, but yeah, I feel like I have been kind of off the rails a little bit more than usual Mm -hmm. but i'm like slowly piecing back together the little bits of my life oh good well i don't know it makes it sound like everything around you fell to pieces (laughs) (laughs) that's really not the way that i meant it sometimes to say things uh no but i have been thinking a lot about the power of words and i like you know just talking about therapy stuff Mm -hmm. like talking and being very self-deprecating, which I do a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's more or less a defense mechanism for me to be like, no, it's it's totally fine. Like you can. I, I mean, I know why I do it. Yeah. And it's mostly because it's it's me being able to make fun of myself before somebody else does. Like I get that I do these things. <laughs> I am self-aware. But I'm just going to lay it out there and act like I don't care. So then other people. It's kind of like whenever somebody's annoying you, like yeah. your dog won't stop, you know, chewing on your foot. <laughs> That's just an example. And you keep like trying to get the foot away from them and they're going to want to keep wanting to do it because it's a game. But if you just act like you don't care, then it's over. Mm-hmm. It's not fun anymore. You take their power away from them. Yeah. So I feel like that's probably where a lot of that comes from with me. So I've been trying really hard 
to be a little bit more positive in my approach and like thinking about things and the way that I talk about myself. Because I do think after so long, you do start to kind of believe the things that you're yeah, saying. You in created a way. your own Stockholm syndrome. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. You're kind of like your own what is destructive <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But you have <laughs> yes, you've created you've you're you're holding yourself hostage mm-hmm. in this negative place. I think I was kind of doing that. Also I, I think it's just because I'm a little worried about the fact that I want the theater to open so badly, but I'm also kind of terrified about it opening up and then realizing that like what if what if the theater opens and we go back in and I don't like it anymore or I'm not good at it anymore or like it isn't fulfilling like you know like what if something has changed and clearly I'm gonna love it because I've literally done this is like episode 38 (laughs) of just talking about theater but I, I, I don't know it's just one of those unknown things the unknown sometimes is what's frightening. I think me. you could waste a lot of time in the what if scenario. Oh man, I've been in I've been in so many what ifs lately. And I and I feel like you you sat there in the what if scenario before you made the decision to come back here. This is true. I did. And that was kind of that was miserable. It was terrifying, I'm sure. It was scary. But I I know that everything is going to be fine. I think it's just this in between period i know that there's an actual term uh, for that whenever you're in between two things and you're just like in a holding what's like i feel like we're in this holding pattern of in between like we have the plan but we're not close enough for it to like for us to really work on it in a sense so it's kind of like we're just waiting so it's kind of like oh we're here but no no no, we're still waiting it's it's like you get moved to the second waiting room (laughs) you're like oh i thought that we were going in. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. They'll, they'll, they'll let you know when you're actually going to go in the room. Yeah, you're in the batter's box. Exactly. Like we are out of the dugout, but we're still not in play. We're, <laughs> we're on the field. We're just not taking a swing yet. There's, there's two strikes. There's a batter uh, at bat right now, and and we're just I don't, waiting. Yeah. Yeah, that was really great. You were going to try to jump. in I was going to try, and it was like <laughs> I don't watch enough baseball to really stick the landing on this. But I'm you all know, over the place today. I uh, I am curious. Like, how are you feeling about it? I am, because I've basically just you know purged my <laughs> emotions like diarrhea all over the place. I have those same thoughts of, oh, what if I suck at it now? What if I'm not as good? Or what if I, because you know, like all muscles, if you don't work them out, then they obviously don't get stronger. Yeah, and so there is that worry too. But I'm ready to dive back in i'm ready to just yeah to to know one way or the other like if if it's bad it's gonna be bad and then Mm -hmm. we'll work on it and we'll move forward we'll move on i think one thing that worries me is that i've never done you know i i have i have been in a place where i was performing and i had four jobs Mm -hmm. but i've never been in a place where i was performing and also had like a full-time job that i also loved yeah. And now I'm in that position where I'm going to be performing and I also have this whole other thing. And so it kind of feels like my life will be divided. Mm-hmm. And am I like going to am I going to stretch myself too thin? Because I, I just feel like at eventually like the butter only spreads so far off on the toast, you know, and then you just start scraping away. the yeah. bread. And I for the episode of metaphors um so i just that one's from the hobbit is it really yeah it's like i feel like butter <laughs> spread over bread i didn't know that um that's obviously somewhere was suppressed in the whenever i read that my freshman year of high school yeah uh but yeah i just i i just know that if you do too many things something is going to suffer but when you love something so much you don't want it to mm-hmm. i don't know i think I think it is healthy to be worried about that, but I don't I I think you and I have a very similar way of thinking in that we can compartmentalize those things. Yeah. And finding the right balance of I love this thing and I care about it enough to devote time and to foster to it. Mm-hmm. And I think when you love something and you enjoy doing it, you make the time for it and you make it happen. 
Yeah. When you budget for something, you don't miss the things that you missed out on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does make me think, you know, just in the way that I've been, and I feel like I've been doing a lot of self-reflection and trying to to be better or whatever. I um I like the yesterday, I was cleaning out uh cleaning out one of the closets, like just making making way, um, because every summer our our niece comes and stays with us and does a um our summer theater workshop. And so I was cleaning out the guest bedroom closet from just, you know, stuff from forever ago. Like I had a, a bag that was full of W-2s and 1099s and all kinds of things from theaters in like 2013 and 2014 <laughs> that I had never dealt with. And I want to hold on anything. to these things. And they were just in this bag because clearly at that point in time, I was like, I don't know if you can get rid of this. Like, what do you do? What do you do? I'm just going to put it in this bag. And it also like in that same bag was a scrapbook that somebody had given me that I hadn't thought of in a very long time of just like pictures of uh, us doing this one particular show together mm-hmm. and you know all of our friends was in there and so it was just like this huge like weird amalgamation of memories in this yeah. one strange little bag and as i was going through all of that stuff I, it kind of like reminds reminds you or reminded me of another uh, what's what feels like a completely different human being and a whole other life mm-hmm. i'm like how did i like i I'm so different as a person now. I mean, I know that at the core, I'm probably still very much the same, but where I'm at mentally and and in life is so different than when I where I was there. Yeah. And I never thought that at, at that time that the life that I have now that I would be happy. Yeah. And so there was also that newness of it, it almost felt like I was wrestling with that same demon again. Mm hmm. Like I brought it back up like, oh, remember when you used to think that if you had moved back to Louisiana, that you were a failure. Yeah. And that you wouldn't be successful. And I know that we've talked about that already, about what redefining success is for yourself and all that stuff on the podcast. But it just kind of like brought all of that stuff back up. And it did make me really thankful. Like I'm so thankful for where I am now and my life and my, my with my friendships and with my wife and like our family, like everything, just so, so thankful for all of those things. But still there's like a small part of me that does miss the excitement of only have to worry about acting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which at the time felt like a huge thing, but looking back at those pictures and those, you know, Sometimes very little money that I was obviously getting paid <laughs> after I, I looked saw at those from the W twos. <laughs> yeah. um, but like looking at all of that stuff, I was kind of nostalgic for it in a way. And I know it's because we haven't been able to perform or mm-hmm. to put on those shows. But looking at it, I was just like, man, that was like, who was that guy? Like, how was I this brave in a sense yeah. to move to Chicago with two hundred and fifty bucks? Like, that's all I had. That's insane. I would not do that now. Like one, I would be so I would be so stressed if that was me right now. <laughs> That's what's crazy. I think the older you get, the more you have at stake. Yeah, I just and felt like I had nothing at all to lose. Yeah. Like what was my the worst case scenario? What was it? Like the the dude at the FedEx Kinkos was gonna knock on my car door <laughs> and tell me to move because yeah. I couldn't sleep there. That happened. Moved on with my life. Yeah, Found I went to a different lot. parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I it it didn't bother me at all. Mm-hmm. Just what in the world? Like what changes? It's it's so crazy to reflect now looking at you know me when I was 18 to about 24 25 and it's mm-hmm. there's this blank slate and you can and it and it's so hard to convey this to people because you feel like you should already have everything all figured out. Yeah, by and, 25, yes. honestly. And 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 you realize I'm this blank slate. I could do anything I wanted, mm-hmm. and there there are no risk. Like things yeah, no matter to lose. what I do right now, I could always turn around and start something new and not be behind. Yes, and now, um, 
for example, with you, you have this career, you have this theater company, you have uh, all these stickers, these stickers, so many stickers. You you have a wife, (laughs) you have Ernie, you have a house, you have all these other things to maintain Mm -hmm. to where if all you had was 250 bucks, (laughs) you would be terrified. I would be so stressed. I mean, I definitely the thought of doing something like that and somehow convincing Lexi to go with me. (laughs) <laughs> and just being like it's gonna be fine yeah like oh my god i don't i'm not brave enough i don't think i'm brave enough to do that again mm-hmm. i think that that time of my life i mean it and, and maybe that's that was kind of a part of it is that it's, it's kind of like i had to bury that yeah person in a sense and then whenever i pulled all that stuff out it like brought it all back up and i was like that's just not and it's not that i'm sad i'm not sad about it mm-hmm. i'm because yet again, I am thankful for this, but I am I am like, man, I'm, there's a part of me that's like, man, it's really cool yeah. that I got to do these things and I got to meet these people. And I was able to forge some really good, long lasting relationships where I know that some of these people I haven't talked to in, in a couple of years, even that if I called them on the phone right now, I could talk to them for hours. Yeah. And that's that's awesome to be, to know that you've forged that sort of a bond. But I I just. I don't know. You do you do kind of have to resolve it and deal with that, like mm-hmm. becoming okay with with who you are and the things that have happened to you. Yeah. So did you end up throwing those things away? Yeah, every single thing. Really? <laughs> I did. Well, the only thing I kept was that playbill that I just gave you for Spider Man. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> that was the only thing from well. That's not, I, I shouldn't say that. That's not totally true. There are some, and I could show you it a bit, but um, there were some some pictures that I saved that I was like, oh, this is, because it's just nice sometimes to have an actual photo. Yeah. And I don't really know if there are digital copies of some of these things because, you know, I'm kind of old. Yeah. <laughs> so some of those, some of those things Back just when don't. everything was analog. Yeah. That's not, this is not a Facebook. These photos are not on <laughs> Facebook. So I just. And, you know, there were some of them like old theater posters, even from when I was in college that I was like, well, what is this? And like a program from when I was in Pride and Prejudice. I was like, this is just. And then you read the like the section where you wrote your bio and then you just are like, what in the world? (laughs) There's that blank slate I was talking about. (laughs) There it is. You're like, I can do this. Nothing I say lasts forever. Though you find it in the shoebox whenever you're 34 years old. Oh, yeah, uh, that was that was something. I was like, man, I really thanked some pretty terrible people that I didn't know were terrible people at the time. It's it's so interesting to me because, you know, when I remodeled the house, I, w- I moved into my grandmother's old house and it was mm-hmm. like filled with her stuff. And I kept it there for so long. And then it just one day occurred to me that it is just stuff. Yeah. And I used to do the same thing where I would hold on to all of these things from my past. Uh, and I just... I woke up one day and I thought nothing will replace the memories or the moments or the things that helped me build me into who I am today, yeah. which is why I was so curious to see if you had thrown it away or if you were still kind of holding on to those kinds of things. I just held on to the things that I knew I couldn't replace. Yeah. And honestly, that obviously I needed to re- have to remember because I completely forgot they existed <laughs> until I right. saw them in the pack. I was like, oh, I clearly need this. Yeah. Um, like there was one of them like that I was I was pretty excited about these two newspaper articles that I found. There were like two newspaper things in the in the bag of like one from a, a newspaper that somebody had put out in Montana whenever I was touring that had my picture on it and like had talked about my performance in the show. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those weird things that we had got like gone into the town and I had gotten a newspaper for Lord knows why. I guess I thought that might make me cool to read the local newspaper and drink coffee and look at everybody else like I'm the guy that reads the newspapers places. And there happened to just be an article in there about my performance at another stop along our tour. And they're like, this is coming and this is has this person. And it was a picture from it. I was like, that's so neat. Yeah. And so I had kept that. And then uh, from a newspaper article actually from... Um, from Richard and I doing uh, Greater Tuna. And it said, the the title of it says, It Takes Two to Tuna. And underneath it, it said, 
uh, oh, I have to look at it. But it says it takes two to tuna, and then underneath it, it said play on. What? <laughs> Foreshadowing. I was like, listen. Kismet. I was like, look, Lexi. <laughs> look at this right here. She's like, that's not anything. I was like, you have no idea. Like this foretold. How do you know? The Town Talk in Alexandria. <laughs> Written by Jody Bellegarde. She's a fortune teller. <laughs> but oh, still, yes. it was just really neat, like seeing those things and... Oh, it's just it, it was just cool to have, and so like those things I kept, mm-hmm. but things I don't know, and it's hard because I feel like I have a different relationship to things. Sometimes just being somebody who's constantly looking for stuff for the theater, yeah, you become. I mean, oh my gosh, you just you become a strange little hoarder, and luckily things have become more accessible mm-hmm. over the last couple of years, where it's not as hard to find things. And it's also not as expensive to replace certain things. So you're like, yes. okay, <laughs> do I need to keep this? Or can I just, if I hold this for, I can keep this for 10 years and maybe use it once. Or I can throw it away. And if I need something again, I'll spend $4. Yes. The $4 <laughs> is worth it. So worth I'll the space. Just, I will throw this away. But I mean, I was thinking about that as far as, I, I realize that there are a lot of stuff like I know that every single person should at some point in time go to therapy. And I know that we've made some jokes about it in the in the past about and everybody does about guys with podcasts and it's because of therapy. But in a sense, I'm sure that I would absolutely benefit from going because I know that there are things in my past that I just haven't really dealt with. Mm-hmm. And I don't think about it necessarily because I think that I am a very good person at at compartmentalizing things and just moving on and before I don't think I really saw the benefit in actually dealing with the issue it's like why do I I, I'll just move on like I don't need to deal with this it's I don't necessarily need a resolution yeah but now I'm kind of starting to maybe change my mind (laughs) (laughs) like a like a bottle that you keep shaking and it just builds up the pressure until it bursts it's just I think that and one, I, I just don't know if you can, and I, that's one reason why I wrote this down earlier about, you know, can you be a good performer and have access to these emotions if you don't resolve your own issues? Mm-hmm. Like, how can you be vulnerable in that way if, if in, in front of an audience where you're being true and showing genuine emotion or whatever, uh, or portraying genuine emotion... If you're not able to be true to yourself and actually deal with your own stuff. So I I, I don't know. I, I think before I thought if you like if, if you're the type of person that has all of these things that are going on, then you're a true artist. Like you have to be damaged. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Okay, Daniel Day Lewis. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I I've genuinely felt like, you know, in order to be a good performer, these things that have happened that are terrible in my life, that's that's just like bonus points mm-hmm. because it just makes me like, oh, then I truly am genuinely feeling these things. And maybe I can be a crappy person, but it's OK because I'm an artist and then it gives me fuel in the future. Like what a terrible. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I, I heard um, someone very early on when I had started acting say these exact words that he wanted to be on stage and have this like this persona of this character the whole time and have someone like fall in love with him and that you know when the show was over you know click it all off and then oh no no that's not who I am and then I thought well that's emotional manipulation yeah and that's not okay it's not and and you saying that just seems so similar to well I have to to live out this thing that's going on with me right here. And I'm just frustrated when I hear stuff like that. Yeah. It doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Why are we that way? Like, why do we give ourselves permission sometimes to be just absolute trash people? (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's kind of like I'm, I have had bad things happen to me and it gives me ammunition for whenever I'm performing and it also, like, it's totally cool that I'm crappy to this person during this time because, like, I'm playing a role. No. No. Never. And I think so many times, like, I know 
that one of my main issues when working on a project, and I've talked about this, is that I get tunnel vision and it's just like all I can focus on. But I know that in a sense that that's probably just like a habitual thing mm-hmm. where in the past I would do that so I wouldn't necessarily have to deal with my own stuff. To the show ends, and then you realize the, the, show the snowball. Ends. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's just, like, awful. Now, I will say there is a caveat to what you're talking about. I think that you can have an emotional experience to pull from to get you to a place, but being a trash human to someone while you're doing a show is totally different. Yes, like, well, of my course. character hates you, so I'm just going to be this douche canoe to you the entire time. And then afterwards be like, I'm so sorry. I didn't even realize I was doing that because, you know, it's like the character. I guess it just bled over I guess to my it real just life. like informed my real like, life. No, you have to be <laughs> you have to be a kind human being to your co-stars. But if you're going through this emotional moment on stage and you need to pull from something totally different, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I just think that as a young performer, I wish that somebody would have sat me down and kind of slapped me around a little bit and just been like get over yourself (laughs) right yeah because nothing like in no world is anyone good enough to be crappy (laughs) to somebody else or to you know make anyone feel less than like I was I I know that I have I mean I try really really hard to be a nice human being and treat everybody with respect and I know that along the way that there's been times where I've absolutely failed at this. Mm-hmm. But I know that when I have failed at it, I was always able to justify my own behavior. But if anyone else would have behaved that way, I'd have been like, "There, that's uh, totally uncalled for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I still gave myself license for it. I mean, you can justify anything. Oh, You can absolutely. justify anything when it comes to you. Yeah, because you're you're telling your own story. You're never the bad guy. Exactly. Oh, you're well, the... if he wouldn't have done this to me, and it's like, well, I think if we all would have met in the middle, this could have been prevented a yeah, long time ago. Yeah, we all have ago. the hero complex. Yeah. <laughs> no, one, no one is the villain of their own story. Mm-mm. I don't Which know. Why I there's just... your side, my side, and then the truth. And the audi- what the audience sees. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice tie back in. There it is. I just, I do think that it would be beneficial to to know that if you're a starting out performer to just be a good person always be a good person yeah and people will want to work with you and, and err that's on the side the... of of caution yes like i wish that like i know for me i know that i can get people on my side by absolutely tearing someone else down and so i know that as a younger performer an inexperienced performer when i would walk into these shows if i found out that somebody else didn't like someone it was very easy for me to jump on that train and then just completely tear them to pieces and then immediately get a best friend because we had this negative thing in common but really what it did is it just totally cheated me out of the experience of having this other person as a friend because inevitably it would get back to them that i was being a trash person yeah and then, and then it creates drama, and then like the said, company knows that you're the source of this drama, and then they don't yes. want to work with you anymore, well, and then you're like, oh, wait, you have the loudest need- voice. It's true. <laughs> I'm whispering. No one can hear me Your in voice here. carries quite a ways. <laughs> but I, and I know that that, it, that had to have been the source of so much, you know, that the source of so much turmoil for me in the beginning, and I just yeah. had no idea or way of seeing it. And it really is difficult to reconcile because I I struggle with that a lot, too, because, you know, I'm at a point in my life now where I don't want people to dislike me. And and for example, I went to this like dinner thing the other night and there were several new people that I had never met. And these are people that are dating my friends and I'm meeting them for the first time. And I had a moment where I was just thought. You're taking up so much real estate yeah. of the conversation back off. I say that in my mind constantly. And I have thought about that for the last four or five days in that did any of those new people like me? Was I, I, I had to be so annoying yeah. all evening. Like it was just too much. So I don't know that 
in my mind, like all the times I've done these terrible things that I've buried that person mm -hmm. completely because I still think about it all the time. Even the little comments where I was, oh, man, why did you say that? Why? Like you could have just let it go. Yeah. Like I know that and I don't know if it's from performing or just, you know, something from childhood, but any time that there is a lull in a conversation or if there is a little bit of silence, I ha I feel the need that I have to say something to keep it moving forward. Mm -hmm. And like it happened to me today where I was in the I'm, I'm in this workshop, this training session for my job. And the woman leading the session asked a question that I guess was hypothetical. <laughs> But she asked this question and nobody said anything. And I guess it was like a dramatic pause that to me was 17 minutes long. And in reality, it was like 0.17 seconds. Oh, a rhetorical like, question. Yes. Yeah, that's what I mean. A rhetorical. Okay. I said hypothetical. Yeah. A rhetorical question. We're on something tonight. I don't know what's going on. But so anyway, so she asked this rhetorical question. And within like a millisecond, I answered it. So loud, didn't raise my hand or anything in a like a gymnasium full of all these teachers. And she went, ah, you're Cody. <laughs> Literally came out of her mouth like she had been warned. And I immediately was like, you are the scum of the earth. This woman came in to do this training. I'm literally Texas. laughing at your pain and I am so sorry, but... <laughs> I just looked at everybody at the table. And, of course, like some of my closer teacher friends were like, yep, 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 yep. Mm -hmm. um, but still, and then I went up to her afterwards and I said, look, I apologize. And she was like, oh, no, it's totally fine. Like, I would much rather people feel the need to speak than not. I was like, no, I get it, but I'm working on it. And then for some reason, I'm justifying <laughs> myself yeah. to this woman that I've never spoken to. I mean, I've screamed an answer at her, but I've never spoken to her. <laughs> Don't even know her name. But I was like, I'm not terrible. Mm. Like, what is it? I just, I'm blaming theater. I'm I, blaming it. I'm blaming theater. I blame my need to be the center of attention. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> We're saying the same thing. Yes. The exact same thing. <laughs> but I do think that it is important. You know, there, um, there, uh, there is... When I when I was in the in in Chicago, there was a, a therapist that was just for actors. Yeah, and I think that that's so interesting because I think that probably actors need therapy more than anyone. <laughs> well, actually, that's not true. Everybody needs it, but I do think that you do need somebody that kind of understands an actor because I feel like that we can justify things and convince ourselves. Of anything, mm -hmm. you know, so so well that it's got to be so difficult to be an actor's therapist. Yeah, because the because we always expound upon stories because we're storytellers. We're just different storytellers than other people. I know that when I tell a story, it grows in grandeur every time I tell it. Right, and we all, at, to some level, pretend like everything is is in bounds like there's nothing out of bounds like we're oh, totally fine to yeah. talk about anything that you want <laughs> yes. when in reality that's not true but i mean it's fine we can yeah. talk about whatever you want socially maybe you should back off just a little <laughs> bit <laughs> but i do think it's interesting that you would have a therapist that was just for actors and apparently like all these people saw her but even then it was a hush hush thing like people didn't really want to talk about it I just don't know what that stigma is. Like, what it is, is amazing the... to see how far we've come in the last, I would say, seven years. Yeah, I was going to say like five, six years. Because we've we've sort of started st stop sweeping things under the rug in yeah. a lot of ways, and it's no, let's expose these things about ourselves that I'm not okay. I suffer from anxiety. I can't sleep at night. I've got insomnia. Yeah. You know, all these things that we've been suffering with but thought, oh, this is just how everyone must feel. And then you start to realize yes and no. Mm -hmm. I suffer from these things because of this, because of these aces that I had as a child or these traumas that I've suffered as an adult. And as an actor, 
I tend to bury those things and think, yeah. well, this will be for something later. Right. I just think that if we are supremely honest with ourselves, and this was a very long, probably, you know, road to get to where I said in the very beginning, <laughs> if we're very honest with ourselves, then, you know, we can't portray somebody honestly if we can't deal with our own stuff. Yeah. It's just, the, that's just the way that it is. And I think that it's healthy and beneficial. And I do think that people, you know, like in the acting world that were very famous that dealt, that had mental health issues and they did not deal with those things and they were great performers, but, you know, had very untimely deaths because of it, I think helped kind of push all of that stuff forward because it was things that pushed the conversation forward on so many levels. You know, really, I would, I would, al- I would, wouldn't even almost, I would definitely say that I think Robin Williams. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Robin Williams and Heath Ledger. Yeah. And just, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes. Those three were the ones for me. Because, you know, so often we, we do stigmatize, like with Philip Seymour Hoffman, it's the, it's the addiction. Mm-hmm. And finally, I think like as a whole, we've stopped looking at it as someone with no control over their faculties. And it's, no, this person suffers from this disease. They well, and it was always. I, th- I think it used to be so easy just to say, "Oh, this actor is addicted to something." Yeah, like, it's just, "Oh, of course they are." And it's like we don't, we don't one know what they're it's going like, through. It wasn't the drugs that killed them; it was the addiction. Yes, and and <laughs> yeah, we we've stopped blaming the thing itself and are now and and look at in recent times, uh, people like Demi Lovato who, you know, suffered and had the relapse and then went into yeah. the hospital. And finally, we're, we're acknowledging, you know, that it was depression that took, you know, uh, uh, Robin Williams' life there. Right. And it wasn't... And, and to, to know that he was so beloved and yet still felt so lonely. Right. And I'm sure that's the same thing that Philip Seymour Hoffman felt at the same time, mm-hmm. which is why he went to the drug itself, to the addiction. I think the Rob, like Robin Williams definitely was the hardest one for me, as just, you know, I mean, for everybody, just because he was so fun and brought so much happiness mm-hmm. and when somebody can bring so much joy and so much happiness and then know that they were experiencing so much pain and you feel close to them because Robin Williams has been a part of our lives since forever, yeah. like forever. He's always been there. He's the genie in Aladdin. I've watched that forever. I love that you felt the need to like. That's what I'm saying. Clarify say in like, Aladdin. Yeah. And <laughs> he was the genie in Mrs. Duffy. He was the genie in Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> or Kazam, whichever one Shaquille O'Neal was in. Uh, it wasn't Shazam. Well, that no, this is a whole other thing. It's another rabbit hole. Anyway, all that to say, it, but how you do you. just never know what yeah. somebody's going through. And how do you cheer in it? I think that's what I think everyone realized. Like, how do you cheer up the guy who's supposed to be making people laugh? Yeah. And then you realize, oh, he was battling this demon his entire life mm-hmm. of self-worth. Um, okay. Hades Town is opening on Broadway. How about that? Segway. And it's opening early. <laughs> I'm so excited that it is opening again. It's just it's just my absolute favorite. Yeah. I love it so much. I love the design of that show. I love the music of the show. I feel like I've been a champion of it since she wrote the folk opera. I mean, I've been listening to this show since I was in college, like like her original version of it, and thinking how awesome it would be to be a show. And then I think that's why it feels close to me, because I listen to her album and know her journey to get it, and just the, the sheer amount of time. Yeah. And I'm just so thankful, you know, in a way for this artist that the pandemic did not wipe out her show mm-hmm. because by all means it really should have of the shows that, that went down. I mean, mean girls didn't last. Well, you know, they we've closed had time mean girls and they made their money back. Yeah. We've had time to really sit and try to find all these new things where, you know, life is all about hustle and bustle before you right. know, the lockdown. And, and then we had to all slow down and pay attention to other things that were happening and we discovered Tiger King. Oh my God. By all rights, that documentary should have been lost to the annals of time. Please, God, don't let them make a musical of that. 
but that being said, though, I think it gave us an opportunity to find things like Haiti, like the, the general public finding things like Hades Town and and discovering all these new musicals and to come up with Ratatouille the musical. Yeah. I mean, I'm insanely thankful. And that's, I think, one awesome thing about Hades Town is that it was not supremely known before it became a musical. And like, you know, fans had to find it. It mm-hmm. wasn't just like an instant like, oh, I recognize this, which has become the new thing of Broadway. I mean, Rocky, the musical, King Kong, the musical, Mean Girls. Also, I think it has Friday. a lot to do with <laughs> like, people just, like you being champions to it and bothering people like me who had never heard of it. <laughs> just like, listen to it. Listen to it, listen to it. Finally, holy crap, this is amazing. It's so good. I mean, I will single-handedly take on all the re- all of the you know accolades for its success. I will take it. It's, it's, it was all me. I championed it into Have you its Tony therapy. <laughs> um, but I just I I don't know. I'm just so excited for it because it was something that it almost kind of like harkens back to the way theater used to be, where you had to work a little a little bit to find the yeah. To find those little gems. And it's just so creative and so, so good. That's what I loved about the playbill for Spider-Man. Um, that when I was thumbing through it, you know, having a, a decade plus to, mm-hmm. to thumb through and see oh all God, the little... It has been a decade, Jesus. Yeah, the uh, uh, the little advertisements and the catalog and the, and the articles and stuff that are in there. It was so cool to see how... They are trying to champion all these other things going on in the Broadway world. Yeah. And they were talking about in the Heights closing. Now mm. there's a film version of it coming out. Yeah. Like this weekend? Is that when it's happening? Yeah. Surely they're not trying to open against a quiet place, too. Oh, maybe that's what I was. I knew something was opening this weekend. I just yeah. couldn't remember. I mean, it's just, it is really exciting. And I'm also so happy that they didn't just put. A whole bunch of makeup on Lynn Manuel Miranda and say, "Look how young he is." <laughs> that feels he's like so a young. <laughs> Look, that Dear Evan Hansen trailer. It might be you know whatever it is that he's playing this role, whatever he shouldn't be. But it's I mean it's still it's gonna be good. It's yeah. just it's still gonna be good. I think and Ben Platt still looks young. I think still the overuse legit. of the makeup is yeah, what makes that, it look they should have just uncanny let valley. It be what it is. Yeah. They should have just trying to pretend like he's young is just not it's just not he's not. Mm-hmm. And if anything, you're the way that TV is now, everything is so clear, you're making it worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the invention of HD and 4K and it's not doing them any favors. Yeah. That is for sure. I think but it, it just still left is alone. an emotional trailer. Like I am, I am excited for it, no matter mm-hmm. what. And I'm sure what? his performance is going to be every bit as good as his stage performance. And I know it's. I think it's easily justifiable in the way of, you know, I originated this role. I got my stardom from this role. Like I made like this this show, and he both like came up together in a sense, and all of the time spent and. I'm oh, sure yeah, I'd that be that incredibly has protective to be, of it too. Like, especially if you did that and then you saw someone else play it on the thing that's going to live forever. I mean, if they would have put anyone else in that role for the film version, everybody would have forgotten Ben Platt had been in the, the musical. Mm-hmm. Because there would have been a whole generation of people that just saw the movie. Yeah. But there's also the other people who were in the show. That don't well, get yeah, to reprise that their roles. And that is a whole other issue of like, okay, so why is Amy Adams in this and not the original? Like, mm-hmm. why didn't you just original cast the whole cast? Yeah. I, I don't have the answer for that. Other Money than, is the answer. Yeah. Money is 100% the answer. <laughs> you also need and names. If you can't get, you know, if you can't get Amy people, Adams, yeah. why not get Amy Adams? Yeah. You know, she did a production of Into the Woods with Jesse Mueller. Really? Yeah. She was. It was in the park. They did it. It was outdoor. And uh, were in they Central both the park. princes? Princess. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Actually, she was the baker's wife. Jesse was Cinderella. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's where they belong. Yeah. Um, I probably would have switched it, but yeah, only just because I'd rather hear Jesse sing. 
to be honest. Yeah, but if you had to pick, I mean, into the on the steps of the palace. Yeah, that's that is true. You'd I'd wanna I'd wanna hear just Jesse both parts. <laughs> Amy can watch. Can Jesse do the one man show of Into the Woods? Amy Adams will speak the lines. Jesse will. She's sing. the narrator. Amy Adams is the there narrator. You go. That would be better. Actually, I think they had a kid be the narrator, and everybody was his toys. I think they stole that from the West End. What a choice. Yeah, they had it like a child who had taken these fairy tales and it was all in his imagination. But what I'm curious about how the toys killed the kid is how they <laughs> killed the they when they killed the narrator, I'm like, oh my God. Like they had to murder that child. Talk about like the end of Toy Story One. <laughs> yeah, if what's his face? What's what is his name? Sid. Sid. I was gonna say Bruce. I was like, that's not right. If Sid's toys would have actually succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> Taking him out. Um, oh, but anyway. So uh, let's see. There was another thing that I wanted. Oh, I do have a question for you. Yeah, you. that's what it was. You had something I have me. a question for you. I was talking with our friend uh, Christian Godet, and he had asked me because um, we both have no problem with, like when people ask us to play music, sort of giving a fee. Yeah. I have no problem with doing that because I know the time and the skill and the level. Like if you come to me asking me to play music, this is what it's going to cost for me to do this for you. Yeah. I know that the argument is there. Well, that takes the artistry out of it. But it's also like you came to me to do this. You don't you don't ask a cabinet maker to make you cabinets for nothing. Exactly. Or for the artistry of it. Mm -hmm. And I just I was he'd ask me this and I've never really thought about it. He said, why don't you ever ask for a fee whenever you're doing a show? He's like, I think and feel like people at a certain skill level, even locally, should be paid for their services. For their time, yeah. And their time. And I said, well, I've never really thought about something like that. But that's because I don't necessarily consider myself in sort of like that that same pedigree of people. Whereas like you, you have your, your BFA, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just making sure like you you have the education, the experience, yeah. the professional experience too. Whereas, you know, I just have a BA and just doing a bunch of local like a bunch of local shows at the same time. But I was curious what your thought was on if local artists should be should be charging for their time when they get to like a certain clout level. I mean, when this is the way I would say it, if you are if you have a following and just like anything, people pay influ influencers because they have a certain amount of followers to, you know, show their products because then those followers are going to see their products just like any advertisement. So if I cast you in a show and I know that whenever I cast you in a show that people are going to come just because your name's on it and they're going to come to see you because they enjoy you as a performer and you've like built up this base then yeah, you should be charging for your time because you're just, you just being there and in the show is bringing money to that company that they would not be getting a guarantee of, you mm -hmm. know? So whenever you're like a guaranteed ticket seller, then yes, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't. Uh, and, and, and I, it, well, I think, I guess the problem is, is that it becomes awkward because then it's like, okay, so do I ask? Like, I want to do the show. Like, I want to do the show. And I would do it for nothing because I want to perform. But my time should be compensated because it is valuable. Mm -hmm. And there is this, you know, almost an exchange of goods in a sense. Me being there equals this many tickets. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed. So uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think that it just becomes a little awkward because you would do it for free because you enjoy it. Yeah. So then when you ask, does that make you uncomfortable to ask for money? Or should that then just be on the, you know, out of respect, should that just be the company's go-to of being like, all right, look, you know, we know that you're going to be bringing in this amount of people. We need to give you a part of this mm -hmm. money. See, because... His example was, you know, doing a show with the right chemistry of, you know, people. And, like, his wife is incredibly talented as a singer and right. an actress and things like that. And he was like, you know, if you have 
X, Y, and Z in, in your show. Like you have these, you know, three to five people, you know, it's going to be really good. And there's going to be something about it. That's like a cut above the rest of what's happening. He said, I think that those, you know, X, Y, and Z people should be paid. Well, I a hundred percent agree with that. Now there is some strangeness when you look into the world of community theater, because it is all about volunteers. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that in community theater that they don't have special contracts where they pay for people, you know, to do shows Mm -hmm. like that is a, that is also a part of it. I think that if somebody comes up to you and says, and offers you a role and say, we really want to do the show. We can't do it without you. If they can't do it without you, then you're essentially, you know, then you're, you're worth something. Yeah. So what are you worth? Our easiest way of showing worth is money. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so that's what you I mean even as it's also just I like to look at it like if, if if it were possible I would love to pay everybody that does our shows I would love to do that but mm-hmm. to be able to show them that their time is worth something now we have yet to make a profit on yeah. our shows <laughs> because it's just not that's not where we are yeah so I mean you know, and, and the pro- any profit that we have made, I'm not saying that we haven't made profit. There has been some profit, but it's definitely we don't have it anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, we're also a newer company in that yeah. world because we started off and then it was like we immediately had to stop. And so we didn't we lost some of that momentum. But at another company that's established and they have the money, like if you're going to pay your director why are you not going to pay the person that is your, you know, the captain of your ship in a sense, so yeah. the person that's leading your show. It's just as much work in a way. So why would you, it's just, it's strange. Like the people paying actors has never been something that, that is usual. Like nobody wants to pay an actor in the sense that nobody wants to, you know, we, we kind of talked about this of the like, Oh, this would be great exposure for yeah. you. This is just you came to me because I have this special <laughs> Tell honed that to a plumber skill. Exactly. I have this specialized honed skill that someone else could do for you. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be as good. I can at least guarantee you a good performance that your audience will want to watch. So you come to me for this, but you want me to do it for free. But no one else can do it but me. That doesn't make any business sense. Yeah. So you're essentially just giving away this special thing i don't know am i saying the right thing no no. Right now? i mean i was genuinely curious to 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 hear your thoughts on it because i know that I when you it also depends on your relationship in particular with the company too yeah that's true but you would i would just i would hope that that if it were possible for a company to pay you that they would have the respect to pay you yeah or at least and to offer. It shouldn't be some yes and that it shouldn't be something that you have to go and seek yeah and say look you like this my time is worth something because it's just money is always awkward and i don't know why and it shouldn't be but it's it's almost like we have it built into ourselves that if we are a performer that we are kind of like blessed to be doing this and that we should just be thankful for what we get but i don't think that that's right i don't think that you should be thankful for what i mean yes be thankful, be thankful. <laughs> but, <laughs> I know what you meant yeah but like you shouldn't just take table scraps when if someone else is succeeding. I mean, if our company was making just like crap tons of money, I would be paying everybody that helped us, you know, that like no matter who they were, mm-hmm. even like, you know, we we have made sure to, to pay the people that we can pay. And before we've even asked anybody to do things, if we have said, hey, we want we're going to pay you this, like we make sure to do it. Mm hmm. I just I don't understand I don't understand that whole thing of somebody's time is not worth it or like you they should thank you for you giving them this experience. Yeah, it's like on a community level, everyone just expects you to volunteer. And I've I've had that awkward interaction with people when they ask me to play music like at a church or something. And I say, well, it's going to cost you X number of dollars to get me to play, you know, four to six songs for you. Yeah. And they look at me like I just hurt their ego. And I said, you obviously want me to play. And I have no problem saying that to people. 
for for music. But I'm also like really indebted to the the amount of money that I have invested in my like pedal board and my guitar yeah. and things like that too. So it's But when you look at it really the amount of time that it would take you to learn a song is nothing compared to the amount of time it takes you to learn a role. Oh, 100%, yes. And so if you're looking at like time spent, ooh. <laughs> that's very I I just I think that people's time is worth something and if you are an actor and you have a following and you know that you have guaranteed tickets, the people who are casting you in a show know the same thing. I mean, at this point, if we, you know, for like Tuna Christmas, people are going to come and see you and I do Tuna Christmas that came and saw us do Greater Tuna. Mm -hmm. But if I were doing Tuna Christmas with somebody else, or if we cast two other people that were not you and I, I don't know if people would with those people may not come. <laughs> yeah. So be like, wait, who's doing it? They're not doing that. They're not doing it. Like, why would they go? In a sense, they're like, well, I don't understand why. I, I don't know. I liked it when they did it. Yeah. Well, that's that X, Y, Z chemistry. You and thing. I are so amazing that people only want to come and see us. It's just like they just don't like they they've seen it this way. And so, you know, that you possibly have the guarantee of them yeah. coming in. But you don't necessarily if you change the rules. In a sense. Yeah, it's like you like these ingredients the first time we did this. Exactly. Let's keep it the same and you entice people in that way. Like yeah. you want to be surprised, but you also want to know what to expect. Mm -hmm. So I, I just, I don't know. I think that if you're an actor that you should definitely be be paid for your service. Because it's, it is just that. I Like I do not understand. I could not in good conscience ever charge someone to do our show <laughs> and i will never ever understand that i'll never understand it. yes mr painter uh you can pay us to paint our house for us <laughs> yeah i don't <laughs> exactly i just i don't understand that and like i i can get it on an educational level mm -hmm. in a sense like you know we do when we do the fox summer camp it that's what it is it's a summer camp it's Five, but you're doing a class to hold five or six weeks, yeah. And, to, yeah. and it's every day from nine to twelve, and you have to pay your people. And just like any other summer camp, you're going to charge the people that go in there, and you're teaching people every single day how to do things, and like you know. And so I totally understand that, but if I'm doing if if we're doing Tuna Christmas, and I was like, hey, um. I, I'm going I'm to need you to pay me to be in this show. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, me just going up to you and being like, here is your form. I just need you to fill this out for this production. I mean, if you needed money, I would help you. <laughs> That's but not it's what totally I'm different. Yeah, but I, know I just what you can't mean. imagine like going up to our cast of To Kill a Mockingbird and being like, hey, I'm going to need each of you to give me 300 bucks. Yeah. I mean, one, what a brilliant business model. But like, why would you give me $300 to be in my show that I'm getting all the tickets for? Mm -hmm. Too sensitive of a topic? No. I mean, it's. I just feel like it's when real. No, it doesn't make any sense. There's no re recuperation to your actors. Then I think it's the problem. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, So you're going to give me money to... And, and I know that this is... I don't... To be honest, I don't know if this is actually something that happens everywhere. Because I can't think of, an, of another place. <laughs> I can... I, I, like, I can't think of other places in the world. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand how you could go up to somebody and be like, here you go. You're going to pay to be in this show. And then, but you're welcome for being in the show. Uh, and we're going to take all the profit. We're not going to give you this money back. Yeah. That, that I don't, I just, I don't know. I just don't think it's right. I think it's like morally wrong. Mm -hmm. Financially. And morally wrong. <laughs> it's like financially wrong and morally wrong. I mean, I get it in a sense of being like, okay, I will, I, you know, like if we were doing a show and I had a group of friends together and I was like, hey, we have no money. If, you know, we can all put our money together, then maybe we can afford the rights to this and then we'll just divvy it all up at the end. Yeah. That makes the most sense. But just to be like, no, we're good. I'm going to keep all this. I don't know. Maybe I'm singling too many things out. Is that... You've got some feelings today. 
No, it's just like I'm, <laughs> yeah, just, it is a lot I'm of feelings. Just, <laughs> but I just I just don't think that that is right, and that has been bothering me for a very long time. Yeah. That's well, before it. we go, do you want to talk about Redbubble and the things that you've done for oh, t-shirts? Oh my gosh! Speaking of uh, paying your artist, <laughs> I have got something for you. <laughs> uh, so there's this really great website called Redbubble. And Redbubble allows artists to create um, basically their own merchandise or content. So even if you don't go to our store, you should go to it and support other artists and graphic designers. Um, and it's a really great way to get some kind of like neat. Yeah, niche. I went thumbing through there and they have it's, some really cool stuff. It's really there. cool. I mean, and it's also it's kind of like an it's like an Etsy, but not. I don't know if you ever wanted a shower curtain with my company's logo on it. You could get it with redbubble.com. <laughs> um, I'm just imagining a shower curtain with the scene partner's logo so, in your faces. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's there. It's on redbubble.com. Yeah. Um, but you can go and you can buy some Play on Theater Company merch. I'm working on, actually, I'm working on our uh, scene partner's merch for it yet, so that may not be up there. But our Play on stuff is there. And then actually... We're starting a little, like I'm starting to design some stuff for To Kill a Mockingbird and some season shirts that I kind of like, like I, I'm really probably having a little too much fun. Um, but you, you can log on there and you can get a t-shirt for the company. And honestly, we don't really see much of that profit because I wanted to keep the cost of it low just because I you know want people to be able to have access to it. But it is such a great way for small businesses to be able to have merchandise without necessarily having to pay for the you know upfront cost yeah. of I mean it's just kind of wild whenever you are a smaller business with you know maybe not like a giant bag of money in your basement um, that you can just pull from so but it, it, it like it allows you to make a product and then you don't have the, that upfront cost which mm -hmm. is nice um, but actually we just got some play on theater t-shirts in and I love the T-shirt. Yeah, they look. I really awesome. do. And like the material's great. And I'm maybe not the biggest person in the world, but I'm not small. And it didn't. It didn't. It's not like super small. Yeah, I was impressed. Like I got a large. It was a good fit. Yeah. And I was like, man, I thought this was going to be like teeny tiny by the time I got it, but it survived. It was awesome. And I really love it. I'm trying not to wear that shirt all the time. <laughs> but it is very tempting. You become like a cartoon character. This is your outfit. This is your outfit. But I'm going to put the link to our Redbubble actually in our Instagram. I'm going to post it on our Facebook. And it's going to be on our website. So it's like all of that stuff is accessible and possible. And I'm working on our Scene Partners logo to make it better. So there's just some layering and where can we find you issues. at on instagram instagram is play on theater company okay and and on facebook where can we find you at play on theater company oh good <laughs> i know it's just so easy <laughs> now we don't have a like specified scene partners instagram i don't know if that's something that we need we Maybe do have we a tiktok do need we do have a scene partners tiktok and i gotta say i'm pretty popular he's Getting close to that blue check. <laughs> I'm gonna have I'm gonna have that blue check mark any day. Like I'm pretty sure the content that I've put out there this this afternoon. You is get the blue check mark and then TikTok goes away. <laughs> That's basically what's gonna happen. They're gonna be like, Yeah, we'll give it to you. Yeah. We heard you talking about it. But yeah, definitely Redbubble is is an awesome website, which I actually discovered from this guy who does this medieval character on TikTok that I watched. And he was like, Hey, go to my Redbubble. It's like, what's that? It's like, thanks, medieval guy. I will buy one of your shirts now. Awesome. So, yeah, go to Redbubble. That's what I have. And then maybe next time we can continue this awkward conversation about charging your actors to be in your show. So are there any words of wisdom, <laughs> anecdotes, something you want to end on a lighter note with? Any anecdotes? Um, I would say... We've used up all of our metaphors. Yeah, I'd say the, the metaphors are definitely out of the bag and uh, probably down the street somewhere by this yes. point um i would say you know if you're if you're keeping on then you're you're doing great <laughs> well, that good Cody? is that not good enough <laughs> that's all i got <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, that's good. That'll work. Hey. That'll do, Pig. I love you. I love you, too. I'm infatuated with you. (laughs) (laughs) And that was Chris. Oh, do ba da 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 da